Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, January 30th. We're getting closer. We're getting closer to February. I saw a meme yesterday that made me laugh so hard. It was like, you know what? I, I don't think January is the best month for me to start my 2024. I think I'm just going to have to push it over to, to February. So that made me laugh. Um, those of you guys that have been here all month, hopefully I made January a little bit more enjoyable for you. That's the goal. The goal is to bring you uh, fun and enjoyment. And so that's why, uh, you know, like double mint pleasure. What, what is that um, gum? Double the pleasure, double the fun. Well, it's just daily dose of pleasure and fun. And now it sounds like I am doing an ad for OnlyFans, which I'm not. Instead of OnlyFans, I do want to mention that this show is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, I talked about this yesterday really fast, and I think this is really Im important for you guys to, uh, you know, really take into account just because of the amount of mental health issues that we're seeing from all of, you know, the people in our lives around us, like from kids to adults. I'm seeing so much stuff. I don't know if that's just my TikTok algorithm right now. You know, sometimes you get into that algorithm where you're like, whoa, is everyone just like really depressed right now? Times are tough. Times are tough. The economy is not doing great. Okay. Tom Sandoval can't buy his house from Ariana. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, narcissists be narcissisting. So there's a lot, you know, that we need to talk to a therapist about. I'm a big believer in therapy and um, getting self-help whenever you possibly can. And BetterHelp makes it really easy and convenient and affordable because it's entirely online. So I did it yesterday because I, I just got BetterHelp. So I signed up for the form yesterday and... Um, I like put in all the answers and I immediately got, it took like two hours. I got um, kind of matched with a therapist. So I'm going to try her out and see how it goes. And if I like her, I'm going to keep stay with her. And if I don't, then I can switch for no charge, which is really, really cool. Um, and of course, these therapists are focused on whatever it is that you need to deal with, right? So it could be reality TV addiction. It could be, um, you know, saying bro, too much. It could be being mean on Reddit. Who knows? It could be all of the issues that we all deal with. So become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Fall in love with yourself. Visit, visit betterhelp.com slash Donna. That's D-A-N-A -A, today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Donna. The link will be below in the show notes. In addition, I want to remind all of you, Patreon members, that every single week around Wednesday, usually Wednesday, I release an uncensored, unfiltered, unedited, as if all of the stuff is edited, episode. Um, so tomorrow's episode will be really fun because we're going to talk about a lot of other stuff that I'm sure you guys are seeing. Um, I'll, I'll mention it in just a moment. And then Friday, if you're part of the upper tier, which is not the double dose, it's the overdose. You can join us for the happy hour. It's a live Zoom. So I'll be there. Maybe Lance will show up. Um, we'll hang out. I will not be drinking my canned cocktails. I can tell you that. Because if I drink a can, I'll be high as a kite, which remember we talked about that yesterday. I'm waiting for my Vena CBD nighttime, um, like uh, gummies. A lot of you guys, when I wasn't sleeping last week, you suggested so many things. So I am, my body is 99.9% .9 magnesium now, and I'm waiting for the Venus CBD nighttime gummies that don't have THC because my ass can't be high. I just decided that I know, uh, I know that, um, you know, some people love marijuana. We talked about this on Potomac, right? Happy Eddie. Wendy's husband, Eddie, he's starting a line of THC. Lots of people really enjoy it. Um, it's not for me. I prefer a caffeine high. 
Cheers. Cheers to the caffeine high. You guys are really, really sweet about last night. Okay, let me just, let me tell you about last night. So yesterday I was taking Dylan, my son, to an appointment. And when he was inside, I was sitting in my car. I was supposed to go to Trader Joe's. We've all been there, right? You have one hour to get some shopping done between pickups or drop-offs or whatever. I was about to go to Trader Joe's. And then I opened up my YouTube comments these lovely people. And I hadn't seen them since earlier in the day. And I was really blown away by some of the comments that I got. Some really, really mean. I I deleted some of them. I blocked some of them. I'm like, you're out of here. I don't need to deal with that. But what I think, which is really important, is the fact that we need to, as human beings, protect our peace right? And putting ourselves out on a podcast, a daily podcast, a public podcast, daily YouTube show, all these things, stories, Instagram. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Jessica. Jessica just uh, hooked me up with a super sticker saying great IG last night, Donna. I'm so glad you spoke your truth and experience. So this is what I'm going to tell you. We have to, as human beings, protect our peace as much as we possibly can. And I get it. Not everyone's going to like me. Not everyone's going to like Target or pizza. So If they don't like things that are inherently amazing, then why would they like me who's like a flawed human being, right? I am, I am like, for a lot of people, it's just not your thing. And that's okay, right? A lot of people like all these different podcasts. There's so many of us to choose from. We've got just doing what I do, which is basically talking about like housewives and reality TV. Off the top of my head, I can think of 10, right? Zach, uh, Brav Bros. Sorry, Zach Peter. Brav Bros. Ryan Bailey. Um, um, the Twats. Uh, we haven't talked about the Eds. I want to get into that in a second. Um, there's so many people that do what we do. And so if that's the case, you just find your people. But some people really like to just stick it to you. Just make sure it's known that you are an awful, horrible human being. And I don't understand that behavior, just like I don't understand the people that comment on Instagram posts or on Facebook posts saying, who cares? I'm like, we are in a reality TV Facebook group, so I think we all care about really minute, silly, strange things. There's always going to be someone that cares about something, right? So anyway, the point is, I did address it on my IG live. So if you haven't already followed me at this is Donna Bowling, go over there and follow. It's saved on my grid, free of charge. Watch it. You can see everything. Um, And I basically just, you know, cleared up some rumors. Um, I really am not trying to like throw anyone under the bus, but the second people start to say like, wow, Donna, you suck as a friend or you're not a good person or whatever. I'm like, "Mm, at some point we got to stand up for ourselves. Right. And like I said, I'm flawed. I am super flawed. I've done a lot of bad things in my life. There's no question. I've made a lot of mistakes. I personally, um, Take, I, I think I can take accountability for my mistakes. And it, like, if I say a comment that offends someone, I apologize immediately. And I did. Um, but I am not someone that, uh, you know, will just take it lying down if I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, thanks, you guys, so much for all of your love. I really appreciate it. Anyway, go and watch it. Also, at the end of the Instagram live, you'll see a little clip of Lance and I chatting. He was here at home while I was gone, and we started talking all about um, reality TV. And, you know, he gave us some good information, just kind of insight on the branding Caroline of it. Not because he was on that show. He wasn't on the show and he doesn't know like camera guys that were on that girl's trip. So as far as I know, I don't think he knows anyone. But reality shows are all shot the same. Chris, you're the best. Here's what I think is the deal about this is is I personally believe that um, all of these shows, and I talked about this briefly in terms of what kind of footage they got for the Caroline and Brandy of it all. There is no way that you put women like Gretchen Rossi, Alex McCord, Phaedra, Eva, um, Brandy Glanville, I'm missing 20 other women, right? There's no way you're putting all of these Hot Mess Express women, and I say Hot Mess Express with so much love, Hot Mess Express women into a house and you don't make sure that every single part of that house, maybe minus bathrooms, are filmed. Now, thank you, Andrew. So I will tell you something really fast. I believe, you know, on Summer House, Summer House is a show 
those of you that watch Bravo and Summer House. Summer House is a show that is filming 24-7. Um, Sam was just on, Sam Faher or whatever, was just on a um, podcast, Not Skinny But Not Fat, and she talked about that. It is a 24-7 recording show. That's why if they want to get a little freaky at night, they throw a blanket or a, or a piece of cloth or whatever over the corner cameras, which is crazy, actually, that there's robo cams in their bedrooms. It's very big brother. It's interesting that they do that. I mean, they do get a lot of footage. It's probably for Paige. Sorry, I'm talking Winter House specifically, but Summer House is the same way. Um, I think I think it's probably for Paige because <laughs> Paige is just always in bed. So they're like, we got to get a camera on Paige at all times. Anyway, I think that the truth, the truth about, you know, the footage in this girl's trip is that there is footage. I would say 100% there's footage, whether it's handheld footage or RoboCam footage. There's a lot of eyewitnesses. Now, what is going on here? And I couldn't believe, oh my gosh, you guys are out of control on the super stickers today. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Lee. You guys, this is not necessary. That's not what I did this for, but that is beyond. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, I think that I think it's very interesting because I have not seen personally, I have not seen such an incredible uh, divide between like believing victims versus not believing. And it's very tricky to talk about these things. These are very like trigger warning type things. But what someone said, and I can't remember who now said, I believe, maybe it was on my Facebook group. Um, I believe that you like you can have been assaulted but it's possible it wasn't to the extent that it was remembered or like voluntary like thought of in your mind because of PTSD so caroline mentioned very clearly that she had PTSD from when she was 7 years old and maybe that does affect your um oh i hate saying this cuz i don't want it to sound like i'm not believing caroline cuz i do want to believe caroline but it's possible that it does affect maybe your, like your perspective on what is actually happening. Like they always say, there's your version of the truth. There's someone else's version of the truth. And then there's the truth, which cameras would be the only thing that can show. Because even Phaedra, thanks Ray, you guys shout out to Ray, my moderator on the Facebook group and a good friend of mine. She's a phenomenal human being. Just going to say that. She's a really wonderful person. Um. I do think that um, the cameras are the only thing that can either, you know, show Caroline's truth or Brandy's innocence. Um, I think even Phaedra, even if she wasn't drinking, like she said, or Gretchen or any of the other, Alex McCord, any of them that were there, I think none of them could have the true, true, true version because number one, you're not seeing everything. Think about how many things you're not seeing. You're not sitting there and staring at those two women for hours and hours. And you're also not walking into the bathroom maybe and it's like everyone has their own version. Also, alcohol was drank, right? Like we know that Phaedra says she was pretty much sober, but a lot of people I'm sure were drinking. It's long days, you're jet lagged, whatever. Show the footage. I need a receipt. I need a proof. I need a timeline and I need a screenshot. I, I need a screen record is what we need. We need Heather Gay to knock on Bravo and Peacock's door and say, and say come on, show us the damn footage. Now, if Bravo does not show the footage, my guess is that means that they agree with Caroline, like they have damning footage of Brandy. If they do show the footage, now I'm not saying show us the footage because obviously we're not going to ever see it. There's no way we'll ever see it. Um, but to like the court and the legal systems, if they do show the footage and they do it for their defense, my guess is that it minimizes the actual assault that was going. So We'll have to hear what happens. We'll have to see what happens. We'll have to watch what happens, but we will not be watching what happens probably on Peacock or Bravo because most likely that shit ain't ever going to air. There's way too many problematic things, which is such a bummer. Like, can we just blur out Caroline and Brandy the entire time and just watch like Alex McCord in her Herman Munster shoes? That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted, right? Um. Okay. 
Kyle Richards shared my reel on her Instagram stories last night, which I thought was bananas. And the reason why I thought it was crazy is because, you know, it wasn't an entirely positive video. There was a lot of positive in it. Um, I really liked Kyle Richards on Jeff Lewis last week or two weeks ago, last week. And it really showed me a side of Kyle. Now, a lot of you guys are still under the impression that Kyle kind of was like, you know, milking it for the camp, for, for the interview, basically saying like, this is not what I wanted. I didn't want all this attention. I didn't want this, but she was kind of pushing it in front of our faces with the video, the music video of Morgan, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So all I know is this, I think with reality stars, when anyone's trying to like get more eyes on them or more press or whatever, you may be making mistakes here and there. Um, but in general, like, do I think Kyle is a good person? I think she's a really good mom. That's something that I definitely feel. I feel like she's a really good mom. I feel like she is probably a really good friend um, to everyone but Sutton, right? Um, thanks, Andy. I, I think that, you know, it's interesting We'll we'll have to see what happens. We'll have to see what happens. Now, I know Jen Leapert, Leapert, I think is how you pronounce her name. She follows me on Instagram. She um, and I have worked together before because I used to, for a brief time when I was working, yes, you guys, before I had this podcast, Daily Dose of Donna, my primary job was coaching and helping online entrepreneurs. This is after I was a casting director. So this is like 2019, 20. 21, 22. I helped people grow their online content with podcasts, with video, with Instagram, whatever. So Teddy Mellencamp had hired me um, to work with All In, the All In coaches, you know, All In by Teddy. And so I helped them, a lot of them with their, their brands, their online personal brands. And Jen was and is one of her coaches, I believe still. Now, Jen has been on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills multiple times. She's Kyle's, I think they call her her personal assistant. I think they're best friends. I think they've known each other for absolutely forever. And um, and so I think that, uh, you know, Jen came to Kyle's defense in the comments on my Instagram reel, which is the first time I was like, wait, how? What is happening on my reel? So basically what happened was um, someone had said, you know, Kyle does ask the paparazzi to come. She basically like invites or or announces to paparazzi that they should come and see, you know, wherever she is. And so let me try to find Jen's comment. Like, good luck to me trying to find it because there were so many comments. But um, I'll try to find it. But anyway, basically someone said, oh, yeah. Someone said, but it has been proven that she tells paparazzi or calls them when she's out with Morgan. So I don't believe her um, saying she doesn't know why she's photographed more with Morgan, because this was when Kyle had said, like, I am, you know, I only get pictures when I'm with Morgan, not when I'm with my other friends. And Jen wrote last night, proven where this is simply not true. And someone else said, how do you know? It's pretty obvious she calls them. And Jen said, LOL, trust me, I know she is my friend. And no one wants that kind of scrutiny. It's not like anyone signs up to have something, someone hiding and taking pics when you least expect it. Would you like it if people parked outside your house and followed you around waiting for your least photogenic moment? And then she said, and she said, proven. So I asked proven where. So, um. You know, it's up for discussion. I don't know. I don't know what's happening exactly. I don't know. I know that Morgan Wade scrapped a lot of her Instagram content because she has a new album coming out. I know that Morgan Wade is also opening for a Dave Matthews band's like concert or a festival in Arizona in March, I think. And I'm like, oh, do I have to like, do I want to go? I kind of want to hang out with Morgan. Not really, but like I want to watch the concert. I'm not going to hang out with Morgan. Um, but I thought that was all kind of interesting and fun. Okay, let's get into the biggest story of today. It is January 30th. Where is my drum roll? Hold on. Drum roll. Today is the Vanderpump premiere day. Are we ready? Are we excited? Do we give a shit anymore? Are we over it? 
obviously we're excited. Obviously we're going to watch it. Do I worry that it's not going to be nearly as good this season because like, how can it maintain? It's like Potomac last season. You guys all told me it was so amazing. The season sucks, right? But the point is, is that Vanderpump is premiering and that's why everywhere we look, everywhere you look, everywhere, full house guys, the best. Um, Everywhere we look, we see Vanderpump stars in the press. So let's start with the like the least interesting of it all, and it's Lala. So Lala is is kind of making the rounds right now, and she was talking about how she wants to have a second baby and she will do an IUI. She has no interest in being back in a relationship. She has no interest in being with the man. She called like what did she call uh, um, Randall Emmett? Like rat lover, like former rat, something like that. Maybe it's just me, but like, I feel like Lala would be so intimidating to get into a relationship with, right? Like, um, hey, Lala, do you want Indian or Chinese for dinner? Like, Chinese. And it's not about the pasta. Anyway, I'm interested to watch. Now, James has also been coming up a lot because of something that Rachel, is it Raquel or Rachel, goes rogue and her podcast talked about it. So I'm going to pull up my trusty girl. I know you listen to this podcast every day, Vanderpod Recaps. Shout out Vanderpod Recaps. If you guys are not following, I posted about her on my um, stories today. She is just wonderful. She uh, And she only has 5,779 followers. So let's follow Vanderpump, Vanderpod recaps, at least get her to 6,000 followers. Okay. She posts such incredible recaps over every single podcast that a VPR member is a guest on or hosting. She's so like on it. She posted five slides about the Tom Sandoval, Nick Vile podcast that we're obviously going to talk about it. But in the Rachel Goes Rogue podcast, it's the episode is chapter five. I have not listened to an episode yet. No offense. I just, I have not gotten around to it. And I feel like if they're recapped, kind of why. But um, in this episode, she's talking about, you know, preparing for the premiere of this next season. And someone is saying like, you know, Rachel, you keep playing the victim. How do you respond to that? And Rachel is talking about the fact that like, I, you know, there's the affair. And then there's the cheating and the lying. Um, she said, there's also been uh, moments where I've been assaulted and harassed and threatened and my life had become completely unmanageable and so out of control that is it has impacted me in a way that I couldn't even fathom. So you can be two things at once. You can be a victim and you can be the, what's the opposite? Like the perpetrator? Um, the question, did you give Graham to a kill shelter? Remember, Graham is the dog, right? She said, I did not. Um, she gave him to a breed-specific rescue. I think this is going to be covered on the show. So I'm oh, the villain. Villain or victim? Is that what the word is? Um, okay. Uh, they start talking about Graham and how many people he bit. And was he like a pretty big biter? Um, then the question was, so Sheena has said that she put you up in her apartment for free. Do you remember how Sheena talked about this and took care of you when you didn't have anywhere to go? Can you shed some light on that? Rachel said, Sheena did not put me up at her apartment for free. I subletted her apartment. She wanted to keep her LA apartment while she was living in our house in San Diego with her family, with Brock and her baby. And this was also during the pandemic. So she had this COVID rate on her apartment and she wanted to keep it. But she didn't want to be paying such a large sum of money each month when she wasn't even using it. So she knew I was in a place where I was looking for somewhere to live. She offered me to start her place at a discounted rent rate. So she paid her low rent every month plus utilities, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay, about being a fan of the show. If someone asked, people think you masterminded this whole thing. What is your response to this? I'm going to say that she ain't Taylor Swift. And Taylor Swift is the only woman that can mastermind some of this stuff. So my guess is that she didn't. She didn't um, mastermind this. Uh, okay. There's a part where. Okay. Let's talk about James. James is coming out very, very, ooh, these last couple of days, we've seen some really, really disturbing stuff about James. Trigger warning. 
trigger warning. I know you're supposed to say this. We're going to be talking about potential abuse, physical and sexual. Okay. Just want to put that out there. Um, they're talking about Rachel and James and their, her anxiety around him. And she said, the question is, so we saw you have an anxiety breakdown on air after discussing the James situation, right? What do people not know or understand about that? Rachel says, they know and understand that I was really hungover the next day and I had anxiety. This was in the um, in the car in Vegas, okay? I think that conversation that I had with the girls in the car was more of a vulnerable type of conversation that you would normally have with close, trusted friends. And I knew in the back of my mind that these are not safe people for you to bear it all to. And I was telling them the story of me planning to break up with James and how I had intentions of leaving the ring box on the counter when he got back from Europe and that all my stuff was going to be gone, et cetera. Oh, she basically is saying... I knew that would be the safest way for me to break up with him. I didn't go into the details of why we were breaking up and why I couldn't be with him anymore. And only a few people know that story. And it was also at a time where like, I didn't want to tell the world. I love how it says like, where like, I didn't want to tell the world because I didn't want to ruin his life. I think that's what really brought on the panic attack because I wanted to say these things. There was more to that story and I was holding myself back and overthinking everything, knowing that this is not a safe place. The anxiety built up so much that I couldn't breathe, I felt faint, I couldn't see, and I just started hyperventilating. Okay. Obviously, obviously, this is inferring something about James that we have heard in the past from Kristen Doty, okay? So basically, without, like, this is all alleged, this has nothing based on fact, this is just people's accounts, so I don't want to, like, throw anyone under the bus, but allegedly James was physical, physically abusive to Kristen years ago. And it sounds to me, the way Rachel is kind of airing this out, it does sound to me a little bit that she was he was with Rachel as well, which is my guess why with Allie, he is completely sober. Do you notice that? Because I do believe that this is an alcohol for James. I believe like he cannot be under the influence. We've seen it on the show, right? Like he is not safe with being under the influence. So that's just my guess. Now, meanwhile, oh, this is going to get a little weird. So an old interview with Lala Kent just got unearthed and it was with Jezebel, which was a website. I don't even believe it's still around. And, um, let me pull up the Instagram account. I believe it's Brent. Yeah. Dana, she's a listener too. What's up, Dana? Um, Dana Mandel is her name, which is funny because it's spelled D-A-N-A, which is how I spell my name, even though I'm Donna. And my and her last name is Mandel, which is my mom's maiden name. So I feel like we're family. Um, basically, there was an article in 2015. So think about how long ago this was. Think about how prior to like Vanderpump really being where Vanderpump is now. And it was for Jezebel. And basically in this article, it talks about the fact that Lala Kent says that she had blackout sex with James. Remember how we had known that, that they had like effed one time, right? And she's talking about the fact that it wasn't the R word. I'm, I have to be very careful with YouTube and with all the rules and stuff. She said it wasn't the R word, though it sounds a lot like the R word. Um, she said, was I ever like sexually attracted to James? No, we had a lot of fun. I could stand to make out with him. The the um, interviewer, Nick Ritchie, says, so you've never slept with James? She says, well, we effed one time and I was so blackout drunk. I don't remember one thing. And I know that everyone says that, but I will say I take accountability for every single one of my actions and I'm owning that now because I saw the condom and the wrapper. So I know that something happened. Nick Ritchie says, yeah, but that's classified as R2 in some countries. Lala says, um, yes, in some countries, well, in some countries, but I'm not screaming R. It was obviously, and then Nick Ritchie says, it was obviously what? Consensual? How could it be consensual, platonic, if you don't remember? And you wake up and see a condom? And Lala says, yeah, well, he was like, babe, we slept together last night. And he was like, we got in your shower too, babe. And I was like, how the F did we both fit in there? My shower is two by four. 
Um, and then it says, well, far from a perfect response, which includes some necessary, unnecessary victim blaming, blaming Richie, who is the interviewer, pushes her to take the incident more seriously while his co-host Scooby Sunday. Oh, maybe this was from a podcast or something. Um, Nick says, and you just laugh that off, Lala? That makes me not like you right now. Lala says, wait, what do you mean laugh it off? Nick says, you're like, oh, hey, hey, funny, James. You banged me last night, but I don't remember. Scooby Sunday says, she's young. Lala says, people do that all the time. I know for damn sure he's not going to blank me. I've known this kid for a long time. And then the conversation shifts to how many women James manages to sleep with. And we hear both Lala and Scooby Sunday echo the same troubling sentiments that because she was drunk, is friends with James, and didn't feel violated, nothing wrong could have ha occurred. She says, he bangs really hot chicks, though, you guys. How does he pull that? I don't get it. Nick says, because he's on a TV show, for one, and he's an alcoholic, and he knows the blackout method. She says, oh, you think he knew that I was blackout and was, like, going home with Lala tonight? And Nick says, I'm assuming, because it doesn't really count. To me, it feels... R, like R, but that's just me personally. And Lala says, well, we're not going to throw around that card because I didn't feel violated. I just felt like, I mean, good for you. She says, no, I didn't feel violated. He's harmless. Trust me. Ooh, 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 ooh. This is a weird, uncomfortable thing to read. And that was almost 10 years ago. Now, James and Lala remained very close friends through the seasons. We saw that. But I wonder if Lala now, like 10 years later, looks back and says like, hmm, that is, that is not good. Like, would I want that for my daughter, right? Like as a mom now, 20, 10 years later, it, it sounds pretty bad. Just going to say it. All right, let's move on to the most crazy juxtaposition of the two other stars of Vanderpump Rules, and that is Tom and Ariana. Because here we are on January 30th, 2024, day of VPR premiere season 11 and could you have more opposite juxtaposition of where Tom is in his life and where Ariana is in hers Ariana obviously won the breakup lottery Nick Vile even said it today on his podcast with Tom and Tom but she did whether or not she was you know is she's happier now or whatever it doesn't matter she was obviously very very injured or hurt by this breakup but she ended up really getting amazing opportunities. She's made a lot of money doing ads. She obviously was on Dancing with the Stars. And then now, of course, she's a lead on a Broadway musical as Roxy Hart, which opened last night. She looks phenomenal. She did a great job. I see a lot of Bravo creators that were there taking pictures, taking vo vo uh, videos of the, the curtain call. Apparently, she did a great job, and she seems really seasoned and on it. So I'm not surprised at all. We watch her on Dancing with the Stars. Ariana takes her shit seriously. She shows up for rehearsal. She rehearses, and she's also really talented. She's really talented. So go Ariana, honestly. She is doing phenomenal. Can you imagine what a crazy week that is for Ariana? She opened up Roxy as Roxy Hart last night, and then today is the Vanderpump premiere. Now, one thing that she is just not nailing is something about her. Because that sandwich, that is in the cold open of this season's VPR and will be part of their storyline on VPR is... Like, I'm going to open a sandwich shop before something about her opens, right? Like, should I? Should I just call Donna's Deli? Donna's Deli and Dips. Um. So, Ariana is flying high. She's got a boyfriend. She's got all these things going on. And Tom Sandoval shows up on Nick Vile's podcast. Like, Nick Vile, seriously? Kudos to Nick Vile because we have talked about him so many times in the last few weeks because he's nailing these great interviews. He has Taylor Ann Green from Southern Charm that we talked about last week. He had Olivia before that. And then, of course, you know, he's had so many of the Vanderpump um, people, but he had Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval on his podcast. And there's a reason that it's a five-part recap on Vanderpod recaps because, you guys, this was unreal. The reason why it was so unreal is because Nick Viles starts the episode by saying, um, you know, my goal here was to give Tom Sandoval an opportunity to kind of like, I don't know, like better his reputation, essentially. Better his ascension, uh, like his, like just kind of like show us that he can change. I don't think it worked. 
I have never, I'm not someone that is down to like attack Tom. I really am not. I'm not someone that is attacked, like down to attack Tom and like put him down. I think he's gotten it enough. It's been a year. It's like, fine. But if he continues to act like such a DB and by DB, I mean a douchebag, then why? Like it makes him impossible to like, because I wanted to like him. I did. And I will, I do have some um, insider stuff that I'll share on the Patreon this week, some insider info. Um, Let me write that down before I forget. So Tom Schwartz is at Nick Viles podcast. Now, if you watch the YouTube, which I didn't watch the entire thing, I listened to most of it. You know, Nick Vile, he gets that big studio. I have no idea if he owns it or if it's like his whenever he wants. He has four or five people in the room. He's got the camera people. He's got all the lighting, the audio, whatever. It's a production to do a podcast for someone like him. It's like a Joe Rogan type thing. Like it's being filmed. Like you're getting a lot of views. Call her daddy. Like these, it's not just like me right now on a computer. It's a big job, right? So you schedule something and you have a podcast time, production time. Like you better be here on time for your interview. And if you're not here on time, it's because you've texted that you're running five minutes behind because of traffic because LA. Tom Schwartz is sitting there on time. Tom Sandoval is nowhere to be seen. And when I tell you I listen to podcasts at like 1.25 or 1.5, when I tell you that I thought like, is this a joke? Because for about 30 minutes, Tom Sandoval is MIA. He's ghosted. He's not picking up the phone. No one can get a hold of him. He is not showing up. Tom Schwartz is there and is being asked all these questions about Tom Sandoval. Are you like an apologist for him? This and that. I've never seen such an inappropriate like response to a job. This is your job. Yes, you're not getting paid to do the podcast, but this is promotion. This is press. And this is a huge, huge podcast where you have a moment to show people you know, how great you are, if you are. He didn't take that uh, that note, I should say. So the first part, of course, is that he's just MIA. And Tom Schwartz has to answer for him, which is, you know, it, it, like, it feels like pulling, ugh. like it's so hard to listen to Tom Schwartz sometimes. He's just walking around in circles. He talks like, he, he does, he, he's so self-deprecating. He has a hard time kind of finishing a thought. It's a little bit hard. He talked a lot about Katie and how great he and Katie are and what, you know, what they're doing. Now, Nick is like 100% like, seriously, is Sandoval not coming? And you know that people are listening to the show for Sandoval because Schwartz, like I said, is like, he's like my plant in the corner, right? Like you're here, but not for that. Like you're in, it's like, it's pretty, it's there, but you're not here for that. Maybe you are. Um, so they did talk about Schwartz and Sandy's. Uh, Tom said that Sandoval has like pulled back. He's a silent partner and they're kind of reshifting it, maybe making it more live music. Um, I did feel bad about the whole Schwartz and Sandy of it all, that that company and that bar and all the people that are involved in work there completely got like screwed over because of Sandoval's actions. That did suck. Um, they finally called Tom and we're 48 minutes into this podcast. I know they did like an intro for a while, but this is a long time in. And Tom is like, hey, hey dude. Nick is like, are you, are you coming? Are you coming? And Sandoval's like, oh, shit. It's 219. Okay, yeah, I'll be right there. So he shows up and Nick is like, oh, I really want to like show a good side of Tom, you know? Um, so he and he and Schwartz are talking about it for a while. Schwartz said, listen, you know, Tom is more self-aware now, but he does struggle with the whataboutism, which I think is really interesting. You know, those whataboutisms, something a lot of narcissistic personalities do. You say you did something wrong. And he says, well, it's because, or not even well, it's because it's like, I had no choice because look at how that person did it. Right. We know a lot of people have acted this way because sometimes it's not the mistake that you make. It's the actions that you take after the mistake, right? Like it's your reaction to getting caught or getting in trouble or whatever that can be a game changer. Um, they talk about Jax Taylor, you know, Tom is not even here yet. And finally Tom comes on in. Let me see. Um, takes forever. He enters at one hour and five minutes into this podcast. Um, 
he's talking about everything, whatever he's saying. Um, he was talking about Thailand and about the tiger and the pictures there because of, you know, how you're not supposed to take photos with animals, like for animal cruelty, et cetera. But he's saying how amazing the, the trip was and how wonderful it was and et cetera. So this is the part where it starts to go real bad because Nick says, so why were you late? And Sandoval goes, me? And, um, and then Nick, and then Sandoval says to Nick, you were two hours late to my podcast, by the way. Nick goes, no, I wasn't. Sandoval goes, yeah, you were, you were two hours late. Nick goes, what are you talking about? Now, meanwhile, they go back and forth, back and forth. I don't believe that Nick was late. I think if Nick was late, two hours late to the podcast, he would have said, you're right, but this is why or whatever. He basically is saying like, like Nick is like, no, it's not true. And Nick says, um, you know, Tom asked, can you please do my podcast? And I said, Tom, I have a busy day. Let me get back to you, but I can definitely do it sometime at night, but I'll get back to you. We didn't have a set time. And then I followed up with you, bring up the text. And Schwartz says, this is a perfect example of what about um, instead of addressing the situation, heading head on and saying, Hey, I'm sorry, I'm late. Now Sandoval says, I'm sorry, I'm late. I'm sorry, I'm late. And then Sandoval goes, why was I late? Um, I was hanging out with a friend. Like, like no big deal. No big deal. So they go back and forth about, um, you know, Nick saying like, I wasn't late. You were late, whatever. So they're going back and forth. And then they start talking, of course, about um, the relationship and Ariana. Um he was definitely starting at this point to turn the tables. Now, we've heard him do this before. He, Tom is the king of saying, like, I messed up. I fucked up. But it's because of there is absolutely no reason to ever say that in the same sentence. Here's an example of, of a proper ability to, and I'm not teaching you guys. This is literally, like, I think Googling um, the proper way to apologize and take accountability, right? And show remorse. You're right. I'm sorry that I, you know, fill in the blank. I did not mean to hurt your feelings or this was not an intentional thing. Um, I will promise, I promise I'll do better. I feel so bad. That's it. It's like so easy, right? It's not to say that the person's going to forgive you for everything you've done wrong with just like a little like that, but that's the, that's the path to go on instead of saying like, listen, I had no choice. This person did this and that person did this and this person did this and it's that person's fault and it's because of her and it's because of him. It's so ridiculous, right? So basically, um, he, he essentially said, I'm trying to be a per a better person. He says, um, I don't know, dude. I'm just trying to be a better person. Should I do a Tom Sandoval voice? I don't know, dude. I'm just trying to be a better person. I swear to God, I really am. I don't know what to say. What have I learned? What have I learned to not ever do that again, to not ever be in a nine-year effing relationship and end it that way, to not ever cheat that way? Dude, I'm never going to do that. Um. Then he basically is saying, uh, you know, we can't really talk about a lot of it because he's asking Schwartz, like, how would you, you know, handle this differently with Tom? But then Schwartz is like, but we're going to see it on the season. So we're not really going to see any, like, we can't really talk about it. But this is like, Sandoval goes, it's really hard for me to speak about this with Ariana because I don't want to dishonor her. But there were a lot of things that were going on without relationship that I don't want to talk about. Schwartz goes, well, we're not allowed to talk about it. I would love to talk about it. Sandoval goes, no, I'm allowed to talk about it. Schwartz says, not right now. Sandoval goes, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Schwartz says, of course you can. The network specifically asked us not to. Sandoval goes, but I'm not going to. I don't want to. I was in a relationship that was, and Schwartz cuts him off and says, you fell out of love and you handled it in the worst way possible. Schwartz is literally his like PR exec, right? He's constantly talking for him. Um, Sandoval goes, exactly. Sandoval then goes on to like a long period and we've heard a little bit of bits and pieces of this and I'm actually not surprised watching the show back if you ever watched the show back in earlier seasons it does give off a vibe that Tom was really in love with Ariana and Ariana was a little bit like I don't want to this is not I'm not blaming her but it's true I think Ariana was a little like annoyed with Tom <laughs> like you see it throughout the seasons really where she was like oh Tom stop or like 
you're so annoying, Tom, you know, and I'm not saying it's her fault, but I imagine that that was probably happening even, even happening even more off camera. And on top of that, I guess she had like a lot of issues, you know, we've, we've heard about this with her sexuality and feeling comfortable and whatever. So that, I think all that could be true, but just because of that is not why he cheated. Obviously there was a void in the relationship. There was something going on. Um, but it's not, a, it like it doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? Um, he says, I had such low self-worth worth when this whole Rachel thing happened. Logic went out the window, fully went out the window. I was a slave to my emotions in that the aspect. And I couldn't, uh, like I couldn't see straight basically, right? Um, Schwartz then starts to like, again, defend Sandoval and say like, Sandoval, you always say like the really good things when it's just you and I. But when we go on public forums like this, you say the wrong thing. And, um, and then Sandoval gets like defensive and he's like, of course I regret it. I effing regret it, dude. Um, I don't know what to say, except I was a slave to my effing emotions. And I was, unfortunately, I didn't know how to, you know, I didn't know how to, you're with someone that you want to like just going on and on and on, just kind of like deflecting from that. Like it should just be end of story. Right. Then he goes, guys, if you want me to be effing honest, I love Ariana. I do. I really care about her. But this person throughout our relationship talked to me like I was down here all the effing time. I'm thinking Kelly Ben Simone and Bethany Frankel issue. And it's unfortunate that my way of acting against that was also me just getting belittled, belittled, belittled all the effing time. Dude. And I hate to say it, but I acted out because I had such low self-worth. And somebody like Rachel, somebody in their 20s doing the, essentially the effing whipped cream bikini thing, the varsity blues. He's literally, I don't know if she really did that or if that was a moment. Basically, this like young, hot, younger, hot girl made Sandoval feel a certain something. This is understandable. This is the way these things work. And I do believe it's understandable. I, I I have to say, I do believe it's understandable. I just think he needs to shut the F up. He goes, and I loved Ariana. I really effing did. And the whole process of breaking up with her, this happened over four months. This wasn't, I don't know what to say. Um. So then he goes on to like how he tried to break up with her. He messed it up. But then we started talking about the house. And essentially, uh, Nick was like, is she suing you? Because that was a lot of the the you know, press. And he goes, she wasn't, she's not suing me, but I'm trying to buy her out of this house. So they live in this house here in Valley Village. It's pretty close to where I live. And he's offering her apparently $3.1 million for a house that they bought for 2.05 million. And she is not willing to sell it to him. This part, I don't get a hundred percent. I personally don't believe that Ariana should hold on to the house for her reasoning unless she really wants the house. But if she really wants the house, then she should buy Tom out of it. I don't think she wants to do that. Now, Tom also said multiple times that he has paid all of the mortgage and all the utilities for eight months. Do you guys believe that? I would be really surprised if that was true. Because aren't there both their names on the lease and I mean, on the, on the deed and stuff? I mean, I guess they weren't paying separate checks. I guess they were probably paying out of a joint account. I find it all a little interesting. But he was saying, I gave an offer to pay, buy her out. Um, but she's not allowing me to do it. Um, she's acting petty. That's what he said. Now, Nick is like, well, she's allowed to act petty because of what happened. And Tom's like, sure. Okay, whatever. Fine. Let's just sell this damn house. Now here in the LA market, it is a bad time to, to sell a house. Like it really is. It's a, it's a bad time to sell a house. So I don't know if that's part of the reason, but whatever, you know, the whole point is that the majority of the episode was finding deflection and finding reasons to kind of say why he is who he is rather than just like taking accountability. But at the same time, here we are. What are you going to do when you're dealing with the same old shit for 10, 11 months of being called an awful human being? Maybe there is a part of you that's just like, yeah, so I am. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Someone just brought up a really important point. Holly, Tom has 3.1 million. I doubt it. That is interesting, right? 
I have a hard time imagining. Now, if they tried to sell their house now, they probably could get $3 million because the, the market is just so high. Um, but the problem is I'm not a real estate person. I need to call MJ, but like, or Mauricio, but like the, uh, the interest rates are also really high. Anyway, at the end of it, he was saying, I'm really happy to see Ariana thriving. I really want to find peace. Um, you know, she's entitled to her spite. Nick said, um, he said that they spent four months together in therapy and, um, and he was trying to make it end well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The point is, it's really not a great look for Tom. So Tom looked like shit today. Ariana looked amazing today. And now we're walking into Vanderpump Rules season 11 premiere. I'm curious to see if Ariana continues to look great in the episodes or if we see a different story. I don't know, but I'm excited. Anyway, uh, more to be, more to come. I'll get into more details about other stuff later and um, and we'll get into it. Uh, I'm seeing your comments. If, if I, if you guys want me to cover stuff that I'm not covering, uh, make sure to send me an Instagram DM at this is Donna Bowling. I try to read all my DMs and and or join the Facebook group, Daily Dose of Donna. It's a free way to connect with all kinds of fans of reality TV, Bravo, this show. And then you can just be like, Donna, let's talk about this. Are you watching this? Or did you hear about this? Anyway, I really appreciate all of your guys' love, support, super stickers today. Shout out to uh, Jessica Tenner, R.A. Vitas, Chris Courtney, Andrew Dominguez, Anne-Marie, Lee Armstrong, Ray Goldstein, and Andy Patterson for your super, super uh, chats, super stickers, whatever they're called here on YouTube. You guys are the best. And I appreciate um, all your love. And I'll talk to you later. Bye, guys. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Hey, Mel, Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy! Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as I... Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian.